It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. United Kingdom has voted to leave the European Union. But the president, President Obama, says that the United States and the U.K. have an enduring special relationship even after Brexit. Here to help us understand more about the relationship between the United Kingdom and the United States politically is Ed Rendell. He is a former Pennsylvania governor and Democratic National Committee chairman. He joins us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg Ninety-nine-one, Governor Rendell, thank you very much for being with us. Good evening. Uh, today, uh, President uh, Barack Obama uh, spoke about the vote for Brexit, and he said that it speaks to the ongoing changes and challenges that are raised by globalization. Do you think that that is what this vote was about? And partially. I mean, you know, when you get a vote on a referendum, just like a vote in a presidential election, there are usually complex uh, number of things that motivate voters. I think that's part of it. Uh, globalization, trade, immigration certainly played a, a, a role in, in uh, the Brexit vote. Uh, so did just general uh, frustration about the, the overall pace of the world's economy, even though, ironically, that's manifested itself at the polls in the U.S. and, and the U.K., and they're probably the two healthiest economies in the, in the world today. But still, that frustration is there. It's there among ordinary people, and and uh, I think they, that was one of the motivating factors that uh, caused the vote. Well, so do, do you ever get the sense that, that what's motivating the people who were in the, the, the vote to exit or, or similar votes like this is they feel like someone can say, oh, it's frustration about globalization. These people are just frustrated. They don't really know that globalization is good for them. I'm not picking on the president because a lot of people say this. And they feel like, no, it's not. Globalization hasn't helped me. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's why I'm going to vote to leave. That's why I'm going to vote for Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, there's a, a little bit of uh, isolation is tinged to the frustration and the anger. And why should we trade with co- countries that uh, pay their workers far less than we do? Why don't we just, uh, you know, uh, not have trade and, and, and keep everything in the United States? Why do we outsource steel, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. Governor Rendell, uh, according to the polls, 60, this is the UK polls for the Brexit vote, 66% of people who left school at age 16 voted to leave. 71% of those with university degrees voted to remain. Can we draw any similarities between that vote and what might happen in November? Sure. I mean, Donald Trump's, even throughout the Republican primaries, Donald Trump's best demographic was people with uh, uh, less than a high school diploma. He did by far the best. He dominated that uh, demographic. 
So what's the implication of that? Is it that well, those it, people are the most frustrated. There's no question about it. And our, but again, our elected officials in many countries not paying enough attention to their frustration, or are they not really getting it? I think that's what it seems to me that that's what a lot of these people are saying with their votes. Well, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, although you can say that uh, uh, the people tend, when they get frustrated, to, to not listen very much. So I would say to an unemployed, let's just say an unemployed factory worker, if, if I was talking to him in America, I'd say, look, it was the Democrats that wanted to keep extending your unemployment cop. We wanted to keep extending it because of the, the, the slow recovery. We wanted to cover you way past the normal amount of weeks. But the Republicans voted no. They don't get it. We did get it. We're the ones who want to raise the minimum wage. They don't get it. We do get it. All right. So if they get it, then will the Democrats in the November election, will they position themselves to support what some are calling increased desire for independence and sovereignty? Or will it be more of an economic argument? I think in this country, it's more of an economic argument. I don't think we've got the, 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 the same independence and sovereignty. Although one of the clear, curious things about the uh, UK election, the referendum, was Scotland and Northern Ireland, where there's a great uh, uh, emotion behind independence. They voted to remain, and they voted fairly significantly to remain. So... Stepping on to the the presidential race a little more specifically, what to you are the biggest issues right now? Uh, you recently, uh, in fact, just yesterday, you uh, were throwing cold water on Donald Trump's speech where he attacked Hillary Clinton, uh, saying she was a world-class liar, etc. You say voters aren't are unlikely to be swayed. Is that just voters who are for Hillary? Will it? Will it? No, uh, as opposed to the be, with, you know the ones that are for Donald Trump and they'll go right. along with it. Absolutely, the only voters that, that that type of rhetoric appeals to are the ones that Donald Trump's going to get to to vote for him at the polls, no matter what. So I, I'm not sure it's a it's a wise line of attack. Why do you say Donald, that's the only person it appeals to? The only kind of person it appeals to? Because these charges that he's leveled against Hillary Clinton have basically been leveled for the past two years, the past six years, the past 10 years, the past 20 years. I mean, at this point, what people are looking for are two things. And in presidential elections and in governor's elections and in mayor's elections, we're electing an executive as opposed to a senator or a congressman or a councilman. When we're voting for an executive, people are looking for leadership qualities. Is the person strong? Does the person know the subject matter that he or she has to deal with? Do they have good ideas? Do they articulate well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So they're personal characteristics. And I think when you look at those things and look at what's happened in the last month, Hillary Clinton scores much more highly than Donald Trump. That's number one. And and then number two, they look at what plans they have. So I'm a, let's say I'm a sheet metal worker, and I have been out of work 50% of the time for the last four years. So I'm looking for someone who has plans to bring back American manufacturing and American infrastructure. And I'm listening carefully to what they say. 
And Donald Trump got away with it during the primary to say, I've got a plan. I'll make good deals, etc. I know how to deal with the Chinese, etc. Now it's time for him to show some specifics, to put meat on the bones. There are only two candidates. So people can focus on what they say and what their plans are. And I think if Donald Trump's going to be competitive, he's got to say more than, I can make good deals. I know how to negotiate. I know how to create jobs. Okay, tell us how. In fairness to Hillary Clinton, she's rolled out very specific, people would say, almost too wonky plans for the rebuilding the American infrastructure, for revitalizing American manufacturing, for things like that. So I, I think those are the two basic areas that are going to decide the election. Governor Rendell, uh, just to continue on the theme, I know that uh, Donald Trump was visiting a golf course in Scotland, and he came out with a uh, response to the Brexit vote. He said, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. And he also talked about the breakup of the European Union looking like it's on its way. Do you believe that there is an anti-immigration, a wave of populism that can sweep from Britain out of Europe to the United States that would influence our presidential election? Well, remember, there's a huge difference in the demographics of, of the UK and the US. In the UK, people are pretty much homogeneous. Uh, that's not so in the United States, where minorities make up 30, 33 percent of our population. Uh, so right away, that, 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 that's a, a significant difference. Uh, and again, interestingly, the people who uh, are on the fringes in Scotland and Northern Ireland voted to remain. It, it's really tough to, to peg the vote on one specific thing. Other than overall frustration, and frustration has manifested itself in the American election on the Democratic side with the Bernie Sanders vote and on the Republican side with the uh, Donald Trump vote. Well, Governor Rendell, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you will return to the show soon. These issues are so important, and you are so well-placed to discuss them with us. Will you come back? It is complex, and, and it's, it's almost always impossible to poll a referendum. All right. Polls are much more accurate on contests than they are referendums. Ed Rendell, former Pennsylvania governor and Democratic National Committee chairman, joining us from Washington, D.C. We thank you for joining us on our extended coverage of the Brexit vote. Special edition of Surveillance tomorrow morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Michael McKee and Tom Keene. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.